With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. solar panels work in winter. Solar energy output in Australia throughout winter is surprisingly high in some cities. You can learn more about better solar energy at B-Solar. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Brett Phillips uh, leading the team tonight. What a week it has been in New York. The crowds have been back. In fact, Brad Gilbert has said it's been the best week of Grand Slam tennis he has seen in 40 years involvement in the game. That is saying something from uh, the number one fist bumper going around. Uh, Great to have your company uh, tonight. We'd love your interaction. It has been an enthralling week. So many fascinating storylines And as I said, the crowds have been back in huge numbers in New York, which has just uh, added to the drama on and off the court. 1-300-736-736, your chance once a week to talk the world of tennis. We'd love your thoughts, 1-300-736-736. Or on the text tonight, we'll get through plenty of those, 0433981116. The Tennis Direct Text, you can shop to your heart's content tonight. Australia's number one leading online tennis store, tennisdirect.com.au. Chuck in that promo code, first serve 10. You get a nice discount, all the goods delivered to your door, wherever you are around Australia. Sam Groth, great to see you. Grothy? BP, good to be here. Good to uh, talk a little bit of US Open. It's It's been an interesting week. Some of the big names are still there, but certainly a lot of upsets going oh on in New York. Goodness. And that next gen... We've been waiting for some of these young guns to come through, and it's probably not the names we've been thinking, but a few superstars for the future. The old saying, Grothy, age is only a number. (laughs) Well, there's been a few who have been defying that (laughs) in recent years, but all of a sudden it it looks like, I mean, you know, Novak's still there, but but a real changing of the guard. No doubt. Work with me uh, here. So it's been a huge week, and there's a a bit more to come. It's going to be a big second week. You got to know when to hold up. The Rock. No one has ever escaped from this prison. This is Frank Morris. Armed robbery, burglary, grand larceny. Morris has escaped from many prisons. I guess anything you want bad enough is worth the chance. Including busting out. Some men are destined never to lead a life. This is history. You talk about taking over a sport. She's only lost four times in the last two years. You just wonder how much better she's going to get. Grand slam point. 6-3, In millions around the world, somewhat in awe, I'm sure, of her achievement at 19 years of age, Tennis's Grand Slam. Um, can I ask you to please pronounce your name exactly as you would be doing it in Dutch so we've got it correctly? Uh, you really want me? Or? Yep. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, the last name or the first as well? Oh, Lord. Okay. Uh, it's Botik van der Sandschulp. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty tough, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you have that correct? I think I've You can repeat it, or? Botik van der Sandschulp. Yeah, the the sh- is tough. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very tough. The end. So, Shelby, bit of Kenny Rogers at the start. I love how you've put all that together. I'm trying to piece, try to put the pieces of the puzzle. The gambler. Yep. Five two down. I know, incredible. She had to throw caution to the wind, take all the gambles, and she came back off the canvas. That's the sad part for us. Took a few hours to get over that yesterday. Escape 
from Alcatraz, Clint Eastwood, 1979. This young kid, what an amazing job he is doing. It's incredible. Carlos, uh, Carlos Alcaraz, I actually was chatting with Todd during the week for the Australian Open socials on a piece there. We had to pick out I've someone. I've been watching every day. And it's just, oh, not that I'm doing it every day. I don't have time. I do, well, <laughs> do it a couple of times. <laughs> but, but he's one. I mean, it, he's got a great team behind him. You mm. talk about Juan Carlos Ferrero sitting there in the box, a man who's been to world number one. Yep. Um, but he's a physical beast. I mean, he, he is, he is incredible for his the age. Power. I was going back through his socials today, trying to work out when he yeah. became this little man mountain at his age. And you know, he, he puts in the hard work. He's quite open with his training through his socials as well. Yeah. And he just, he stays in the moment. Yeah. That young players, you give, you know, forgive them for drifting off somewhere else and thinking about the bigger picture, but he's just that next point. He certainly could have hit the panic button against Goyovchik as well, because yeah. after you get through Sitsapas and you win these big matches, Goyovchik is a good player, but he's not necessarily a household name. And you find yourself down two sets to one. Sometimes mm. getting yourself up in those matches is harder than getting up in those really, really, or against those really big names. Yep, no doubt. And we heard a little bit of uh, Tony Trebert. I miss him, Tony, one of the great tennis commentators going way back. Of course, Steffi Graf, or Graf, as he called her, winning uh, the Grand Slam in 1988, and that is still alive for Novak. How do you think he's positioned as we turn the page into the second week? Oh, well, as good as anybody right now, you would have to think. Um, you know, I don't think you would have expected to play Brooksby in the fourth round. Um, you know, there was a little scare there against Kenya Shikori, dropped a set, but... You know, I, I think we're heading towards that Wimbledon final rematch in a quarterfinal between himself and Berrettini. Mm. You know, Zverev's still there. I still thought he was the most dangerous in terms of who, who's a threat to beat Novak yep. in this event. Um, but that top half, for me, is where the winner's probably going to come from. You've got to think in the bottom section, Medvedev's a red-hot favourite now. When when you've got Auger Aliassime and Alcaraz and then Botic, Van der Zunderschulp. <laughs> However, look, he gave I, us... I want everyone who rings in tonight to have yeah. a crack at it. Have a crack at that Van and we'll give you an extra prize tonight. In fact, for everyone that does call in, we've got a copy of the Australian Tennis Magazine that'll be delivered right to your letterbox. But if you can have a crack at saying that name, we'll chuck in a few other things as well. He's the Aslan Karatsev. Yeah, incredible. I mean, finds himself in a quarterfinal, gets through Diego Schwartzman in five. It's been a really good run for the Dutchman. Um and you know, not not done yet, but he's going to have his hands full yeah. now against uh, against Medvedev. I mean, that's a, it's a tough ask. Who hasn't looked like being beaten? No, we haven't really spoken about him because no. he's just sort of been cruising through the draw. Yeah. I mean, when when you go through what's been happening, it's been a lot of focus on Alcaraz, you know, focus on uh, Botic now, um, focus on Novak because of the calendar slam, focus on Opelka because mm. he's American in mm. the US and he's been Golly. doing well. A lot of the chat was about Sitsipas early in the event and yep. not so much about his tennis, but what was going on with his with his breaks off the court. And, you know, Medvedev sort of just snuck through um, fairly quietly. He looks like he's uh, finals bound. So seven days in, we've got three 18-year-olds still alive. The future of the game, I think, is in... Really, really good hands. Once Serena and Roger and then Rafa and then Novak depart the sport. We've got some brilliant tennis coming up over the next 10 to 15 years. A Dutch qualifier that we've mentioned. The calendar slam is still alive for the world number one. We'll get to our world number one when we dissect the Australians and give the report card uh, very soon. But Mark is in uh, Sydney. You've given us a call, Mark. Great to have you on the show. Thank you, BP. How are you doing? Oh, we're going beautifully. A bit bleary-eyed. It's been long days uh, covering it in the Australian time zone, but uh, we're here fit as a fiddle. I know the feeling. I was up till about 2am listening to the England versus India match last night. It was very good to listen to on the SEN uh, Fanatic app. Uh, following us, I think, uh, tonight. A bit of cricket, so uh, stay right. tuned. Indeed. Okay, I'll give that guy's name a go, if I've got the right guy here. <laughs> Aslan Kazbekovic Karatsev. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bottich van der Zunschulp. Yeah. Okay, wrong guy, obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, Aslan was flavour of the month in February. Yes. But this man is flavour of the month in uh, August, September. Bottich van der Zunschulp. Oh, it's a beautiful name. I don't, know, I don't know about on radio, though, if he's going to have a good run. Mark, have you got anything else before I leave you? I do. Uh, you seem to have that guy's name down far better than me, so I'll bow to your level of skill with that. But uh, the reason I called was I would like to tr- I would like to call out Piers Morgan over I, what I call his absolute ignorance over his comments on Naomi Osaka. He called her a spoiled brat when she uh, had a bit of a uh, breakdown on the court today. You know, she chucked a couple of rackets on the court and 
went to the back of the court to get her head together. And he called her a small brat. And I don't think he knows what he's talking about. Because, um, you know, fans in the tennis game, especially Naomi Osaka over the past few months, have really faced a lot of pressure. I mean, not just in the game, but because of COVID. And um, I think she's perfectly within her, uh, shall we say, legal permissions and boundaries to take time off because she said she wants to take yep. time off yep. to get her head together. She just didn't feel happy about where she was at. And I mean, goodness knows, if there's anything anybody needs in their life, it's happiness. Yeah. And especially tennis players with the mm. uh, level of pressure they face in the game. And I think Piers Morgan should just shut his crap, basically. Right. Good on you, Mark. I appreciate it. I've said a fair bit on SC in the last couple of days. So, Grothy, I'll let you sort of weigh in here. I mean, you know, the, the situation with Osaka is not going to go away in a hurry. No, and I weighed in fairly strongly right back at Roland Garros when, yeah. when this happened. And, you know, I actually put my feelings in some print at the time. And I, I feel like for Naomi, um, you know, mental health is a real, uh, not just for her, but it, it's a real thing. I mean, it, for sure, it's something that she's struggling with. Um, but I, I think for her that she needs to be better at picking and choosing what she decides to do. So if she needs the breakaway from tour, I think everyone would support her mm -hmm. in doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think for her, it's one thing to not want to speak to the tennis media, which is where she's sort of made her name and where she's been able to promote herself and, and where a lot of her income has come from or, or her notoriety, who she's become as a person. Yep. But you can't say, I don't want to speak to the tennis media, when everyone has to do it, it's a part of what the tour requirements are, and then put yourself out fully on your social media platforms, so to you know, millions of faceless people. I mean, when you go in the, the press conference of a tennis tournament, most of the people you know, it's the media you speak to regularly. And mm. yes, you get the occasional one in there who asks a stupid question, and we've seen that recently, but most of them are familiar faces. Yep. It, it can be uncomfortable after a loss, but it's comfortable because you're speaking to people that you know and you have generally a pretty good rapport with. Um, you know, I think for Naomi right now, it's, it's probably the best situation that she said. Maybe she does need to just go away and take a break and, and work out whether she wants to do that and whether she can handle the pressures that come with being a player of the profile that she is. Because I really don't think that the stand that she's taken is going to change the player requirements around media. I think the tournaments no. will do and the tours will probably do a little bit better job at managing the mental health of their players. Mm. But I don't think it's going to change what the players have to do in terms of the requirements for broadcasters. And, and, and you know, this is where the money that they're paid comes no, from. They're yeah. entertainers. It's an entertainment product. Yep. It's not just about playing tennis tournaments. The money comes from from people either in the stands or tuning in on TV. Mm. No, spot on. I think, I mean, sometimes you can have a very quick day on court and spend more time doing press. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 draining and it's part of it. But if if you decide that you're not going to do it and there's no repercussions, you've actually got an advantage on the field yep. because it means there are other players who are in your draw that you are competing against that are doing or or are required to to take these time commitments. And it does take at times big chunks out of your day. And interestingly, it was the mediator who was sensing that she was uncomfortable, was yeah. happy to try and wind things up, and it was Naomi who said, "No, no, let let me try and articulate this and get it out." And the more she yeah. spoke. Obviously, the emotion uh, set in, and look, we all need a happy place I'm in looking life. At, I, I, yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying that she's not dealing with the star. I mean, I completely can see that this is a real becoming a real problem for her, and I think she probably would look back and and handle it differently around the French Open time because I feel like it brought a, a mm. more it brought more of a spotlight to it at the time than it probably almost needed for her. I think she almost needed to to go away and deal with it, but it became this big, huge thing that everyone was speaking about, and now she can't get away from it. Yeah, plenty to pull apart tonight. You can weigh in on Naomi Osaka. You can weigh in on Ash Barty, the remainder of the draw. Tip us a winner. Uh, give us the feel-good stories. What's uh, got you out of your seat at all hours over the last week who uh, love your tennis out there? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're here tonight, of course, thanks to Yonex. Uh, 75 years performance product crafted in Japan. Check out their full range at yonex.com. Brett Phillips, Sam Groth, the first serve. Happy to take your calls next. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management. And glgcorp.com, the first serve, your home of tennis. 
It is your home of tennis uh, every Monday night, a little earlier through the US Open. Special 90-minute edition. Brett Phillips, Sam Groth with me in the studio. We're pulling apart week one of the US Open and forecasting ahead. one 736 736 would love uh, your calls. On the text, summed it up perfectly, uh, Grothy. If she doesn't want to play, she doesn't have to play. Well, that is the simplicity of it. We'll watch this space with a bit of interest, um, Mario from Maslin Beach, who, how did he describe you last week? I think it's the V8 <laughs> Valiant. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> Normally proud to be an Aussie tennis supporter, but that choke fist by Aussie tennis players was hard to cop. We've got our Australian report card coming up, so we'll just uh, hold fire on that. But no doubt our men in particular, I mean, Ash we'll talk about separately, but our men had a huge opportunity that they let slip uh, some matches that they were in control of. They just couldn't put the icing on the cake. Just one on the text, uh, Grothy, and this has um, uh, caused a, a bit of a stir during the week. In fact, we've written an article. I haven't written it, but Val Fibber's written an article on our uh, website. I part agree, part disagree with ESPN's uh, coverage. But, hey, guys, can we discuss the disappointing broadcasting of this tournament? Stan has shown the way forward for tennis streaming in Australia uh, with their highlights, uh, mini-matches, full replays of every singles match at Wimbledon and the French Open. KO is showing the ESPN feed and two random courts, 5 and 17, that is generally just doubles. Watching an Australian has been borderline impossible. Two matches are regularly shown at once on the main feed and they even cut away at uh, wild times. Uh, see the fifth set of Pass Murray when they started showing Coco Goff's match. Is there a reason why the US Open is neglected by FTA Networks. Compared to the other slams, it's not on the anti-siphoning list. Uh, thank you, Sean, for your text. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one. You know, I, I know we both had the chance to cover French Open and Wimbledon, work on some of that stand coverage across Nines coverage as well. And um, I do know that the later in this tournament, it's going to go free to air on SBS, but I think this is the last year of that broadcast deal. So I think... You know, wait and see what happens in that space. It is frustrating when you're trying to watch. I mean, I, I flicked on the other day. You get the same court across uh, multiple, you know, streaming options. It, it does make it difficult and doesn't help uh, trying to promote tennis here as well. I mean, obviously, we'd love as much coverage as possible. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, well, let's let's see what happens moving forward. Yeah, a lot can happen in 12 months. So uh, stay tuned. I, I do like um, hearing the ESPN commentary. I'm a fan of Chris McKendry, the host. I think she they've does a, a tremendous they've, job. They've got a fantastic team. Love Chris Everett. Uh, love the McEnroe's. James Blake with his insights. Who have I left out? Um, what, Darren Cahill? Oh, Darren Cahill. Well, he speaks for himself. And Stubbsy, of course. <laughs> Greg Galbert, Patrick McEnroe. Doing I mean, they've, they've, got, they've got an unbelievable list of commentators, possibly, you know, the, the best in the world. And Chris Fowler, fantastic. He does college football and tennis. Yeah. He is brilliant. But the, but the way they do it in terms of jumping around courts, it's almost like they do, and I don't know if you're an NFL fan at all, but they have the Red Zone channel mm. where they cut to the, the, the exciting bit of certain matches. And, and as a pure tennis fan, when you've engaged a match for a long time or you're in a match, it's hard to do that. But there's certain people who maybe aren't your you know, stock standard tennis fan that want to see the most exciting part of matches and yep. they'd be happy to jump across to a, a fifth set between Sitsipas and Murray if there's a match going on that's sort of almost going through the motions a little. So if you want to weigh in on that, you certainly can. Fellas, I'm a real Oscar Otter fan. I've followed him through challenger tournaments and I think he'll beat Berrettini. His game has built over the last few years. He won't win, but good to see him in the last 16, he really shot up at Wimbledon playing yeah. that five-set match against Andy Murray, a guy that traditionally has been around sort of between 100 and 200, just battling to qualify. It's There's a few good quality stories this this uh, first week. And and I feel like now we we haven't got – look, we've still got the dominance at the very top with, with Novak, but no Rafa, no Roger, and not quite the level of player I think that, that – is able to produce consistent performances mm. week in, week out. You know, I don't think Sitsipas we can quite put in that category with what he showed up with in New York this yep. week. And then we're giving a few of these guys the chance. We used to see a lot more of these sort of runs from qualifiers or lower-ranked players. You know, there'd be a random guy pop up in the quarterfinal of a slam. And I think, especially with the way the world is in the COVID situation, we're going to see a little bit more of this. No doubt. And someone asked me uh, today, are all the upsets normally reserved for the uh, US Open? But... <laughs> No, I mean, you go back once upon a time, even with the Australian Open, we're yeah. through that period where we had, you know, Bagdadis made a final, Gonzalez made a final, uh, Arnaud Clement made a final, Rainer Schutler made a final. 
yeah. coming from nowhere. I, I think as well, I've got to be honest, and people say, well, you know, complain, but I, I think some of the players are tired. You know, living in this bubble environment, yeah. you know, you, you look at tennis as a sport and you think, okay, well, the players, they travel all around the world. And we've spoken about this so many times, BP, and if anyone's listened to us speak previously, we, we cover this a lot. It's not always glamorous as it looks. And at the moment, the players, not so much in New York, they've, they've got you got a little bit more freedom here because mm. it's it's open if you're vaccinated over there. Yep. But they've been living in this bubble environment where you can't go see the city, you can't go out for dinner, you're, you're isolated from the courts to the hotel you're on a plane, you're getting COVID tests every day. You know, it's exhausting at the moment for the mm. players. And I, I think this is why we're also seeing some of these random uh, results pop up because a lot of the players are exhausted. Do you think also, uh, apart from that, others will see one pop out of nowhere and think, that could be me? Well, that was Layla Fernandez the other day. Yeah. You heard you heard her speak after she watched Alcaraz uh, get his win. She said, I was sitting in the locker room and I wanted that to be me. Yep. And so, you know, it's obviously goes across the tours as well. But when you see someone making a breakthrough, and I think for a long time people thought that certain guys were untouchable. Mm. Um, and I think there's still that feeling probably that Novak's untouchable at, at slam. I, I think a lot of the players still don't believe that they can beat him. Um, but I certainly think that players are starting to feel like maybe there, there's an opportunity to push deep into these tournaments, and, and some of them are really taking that chance. one 736 736 You can weigh in tonight. Keep your texts coming, 0433-981116. The Tennis Direct text. Go shopping, tennisdirect.com.au. So, Grothy, the quarterfinals that have been uh, decided, if we look at the women to start, so Alina Svitolina to play Layla Fernandez. So Svitolina knows about being in a quarterfinal. She's been in a ton of them. Now she's started to be in a few semifinals. And I, I said today, now that Ash is out, Naomi's out, Halep's out, who's best placed? And I've looked at it and said, well, Svitolina and Pliskova have yet to break through and win a slam. They've been the most consistent out of what's left, staying in that top 10, but haven't had the tools necessarily to get them over the line or get Alina to a final and Pliskova has been, um, you know, has fallen short, particularly with her movement. But, gee, maybe this is the opening to win one major because you might only get one chance. I mean, it, it's a huge opportunity, I mean, for the, for the players that are left, but I just I just wonder whether Svitolina actually believes that she can because she's been thereabouts in so many slams and she's been what top five for as long as you can remember in the rankings yeah. and consistency, yep. but it's a different level of belief. And I think for her, that's where it's going to come unstuck once again. Well, I don't know if she really believes. Yeah. Well, I talked mean, about that. but I mean, I think over Fernandez, she probably has the experience, but then you get into playing Sabalenka or, or Krejcikova. I mean, then you've got to ask, well, do I believe that I can beat them? Mm. And do I start to think about, well, I'm in the semis of a slam. I could be in the final of a slam. I mean, yep. I think for her, at her age and where she's going with things, I mean, it's getting more and more difficult from that mental side. So Svitolina Fernandez, yep. Svitolina with the edge and experience. Yep. Uh, Krichikova, who pulled up um, in a pretty ordinary fashion after her match, like Abinia Muguruza. We're going to get to uh, bathroom breaks a little bit later on. <laughs> I don't think I've heard a week where we've talked more about that than the tennis, but I am going to get you to weigh in on that. That's been heavy on our socials uh, throughout the week. But Krichikova was certainly struggling. Um, I think she was off court for about eight minutes, which just seems to be the longest break that players uh, certainly take. Muguruza thought it was um, unprofessional. She came out, she won. I mean, it's good to see her kick on after making that French Open final. This is not just a flash in the pan. And, and Sabalink is the other one, apart from Svitolina and Pliskova, that Deserves to be talked about, but she's still got to actually break through and win one. Well, and and it was a question for a lot of this year. When is she going to actually get through deep into into a Grand Slam? I think in that bottom section, that if Sabalenka can keep things together, together she's by far the most dangerous for me. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, uh, it's just a, a train coming at 300 kilometres an hour. It's here. just... Uh, <laughs> The problem is, it's that's all it is, and sometimes the the tracks aren't yeah. quite where they need to be, and it's yep. it's completely off the rails. So looking ahead, so fourth round matches to be completed tomorrow morning. Rogers Raducanu, that's up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, I mean Raducanu, we I thought that was a flash in the pan at Wimbledon. Mm. Not 
for uh, the long term. I, it was probably I didn't expect her to back it up this quick. I thought maybe that she'd go away and then work her way up the rankings and and yep. build to getting to this stage. But to show up and and you know now a chance to to get through to a quarter final. I mean, Rogers is playing great. Obviously beat Ash, but it's a huge opportunity for Radakanu again. Benchic Sviontek, yeah. great match. Yeah, really good. And Benchic in form. Yeah, um, loves the U.S. Open. She had her best results there. Yeah, and I, I think. You know, I think she's a real danger for, for this title. Pliskova's got Pavlyuchenkova. So good yep. to see her kick Back on up again. go deep after the French. Yep, it is. Yeah. And then the next one's the one that I'm interested in. Sakari and Andrescu. It's going to be physical. And Andrescu, it's, it's remarkable. She never lost in New York. <laughs> she played, well, won it, hasn't played. She's a winner. Come back. This girl's a winner. Yeah. And look, I had big she's... questions around her at the start of the tournament, for sure, because you know, after she won the US Open, it's been injury and yep. illness and, and so many problems. Mm. And... But when she gets going, I mean, yep. you just there's there's really no stopping her. She's a born winner, but unfortunately, she's been in the rehab room yeah. uh, too often. Uh, suckery. That's that's a great match. Uh, that certainly could go uh, three sets in that one. We'll continue to pull apart the matchups. Our Aussie report card coming up. A few issues from the first week of the U.S. Open to weigh in on. And Nick Lester, who's been our man on the ground for the first serve every day through our YouTube and social media channels, will uh, bring you his day seven wrap. Coming up next on the first serve. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management. And glgcorp.com, the first serve, your home of tennis. Great to be with us uh, Monday night. The first, uh, Brett Phillips and Sam Groth. Though we are seven days in, well, now we turn the page to the second week, of course. The remainder of the fourth round matches to be played tomorrow morning our time. Then we get into the quarterfinals. Uh, off the text, guys. This is the Flushing Meadows tournament between Novak Zverev and Medvedev. Shannon in Bayswater. Well, it certainly looks that way, doesn't it? And, you know, I've said from the start, Novak... You know, he's probably going to win. He's the huge favourite to win. Zverev can stop him. Medvedev, well, I mean, to be honest, I actually haven't seen heaps of Medvedev. We've actually got a screen with the tennis on right now. And I'm actually getting to see a little bit of a replay on him because he just hasn't been shown and spoken about. No, no he's absolutely just uh, gone about his business and flown under the radar. And he's been so quick on and off court that yeah. you can't sort of get engrossed in his matches. Uh, watched the first four sets of Alcaraz and got... Dumped for TFO's match. I, I get the US thing, but very, very frustrating. Well, I suppose they're always going to uh, defer back to Arthur Ashe and yeah. what's on there. Because I think the problem is as well, with the coverage that we get here, we actually get straight from the US feed. Mm. So if if they're showing yep. one channel of tennis yep. and it's going to the States, that, that's where I can understand the problem with the broadcast because we're not actually choosing what what we get. We just get that straight out of, out of New York. Courtney says, Grothy, do you think uh, Poppy, I assume you meant Alexi Poppering, can go deep in a slam and then when? Uh, if, dude, then when? <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, has uh, <laughs> definitely been in the position a couple of times. We are going to get onto our Aussie report card, but you can go with an early teaser. Yeah, I mean, I think for Alexi, it depends what you class as going deep into a slam. I mean, he could have easily been in the fourth round. I mean, is that going deep? I mean, he could have been playing Daniil Medvedev mm. in a round of 16 to go further than that. So if he does beat Evans, he, he you know, had plenty of opportunity um, up two sets, lose the seven, six in the fifth. Yep. You know, fourth round, I think steep into a time. If you're talking about quarters, semis, finals, then he's got a lot to tighten up in his game no still, because if, even if he gets through Evans, I don't think he quite has the game to match it with mm. a Medvedev or a Zverev or a Novak. There's, there's still too many holes yep. in his game for me. So, um, you know, if he goes away and works in the offseason, I'd say he's still probably a couple of seasons away finding his best tennis at least. No doubt. And interesting, Craig O'Shennessy on board with him now. So Craig had done a lot of strategy as part of his camp. He does it for a few players, as we know, but has now come in as the actual coach. Yeah, and it's an interesting one because I feel like, and, and a few of these young guys I put in that same category, I put Shapovalov a little bit in there and he's mm. getting better at it, but they, they, they're so talented and they're such good ball strikers and yep. they can play so physically, but they actually don't understand the nuances of tennis and, and 
playing certain angles and how to open it up. And I feel like Shapovalov's gotten better at that. But mm. Popperin still, for me, and this is not a slight on his tennis yep. because he's a great tennis player, but he still doesn't understand that as well as he possibly could. And then Craig will help with that a lot. No doubt. Uh, I haven't spoken to Craig for a while. A very entertaining <laughs> man. He had a few trips on the road with Craig at the Slams and uh, a lot of very interesting after-hours discussions. Nick Lester is one of the great commentators Uh, in tennis. He's working over there for the World Feed in New York. We've been catching up with him every day on our uh, social media channels. I did catch up with Nick uh, a few hours ago after the completion of day seven. As great as it is to have crowds back, and don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely ecstatic as I'm sure the players are, but it's draining as well because you come out of the stadium and just the come down, having been inside the stadium in Arthur Ashe tonight, I mean, which when you think the noise levels can't get any kind of more uh, louder or the action gets any better, it, it just seems to almost day after day kind of surpass what we just saw the previous day. Honestly, I, I don't remember a, a first week at a major like this, not, not in recent times. What's the standout story? Is there one that sort of jumps off the page more than another? The length of the matches. I think just how tight the matches have been. I mean, we've had 33 five set matches Brett in the space of seven or eight days in the men's draw you know we've had so many close women's matches Ash's match last night with Shelby the stories the the feel-good factor um, and the way players have engaged and fed off the four houses that we've had this week you know obviously Wimbledon we had a we had a good proportion of Wimbledon that had a full a full house but as you know it's a very different atmosphere at Wimbledon to what it is here it's just come alive it's it's almost like everything that we knew we were missing over the course of the last 18 months in atmospherically has just kind of just you know reared its head here and it's just made for just the perfect storm of tennis and atmosphere and and everything and it's just been great to watch. We didn't ever take them for granted but I mean I know we've we've gone through an AFL season here particularly in Melbourne our national code where you've got an eerie MCG that can fit 100,000 with no one in it it's it's been quite depressing uh, to be honest so the sooner crowds can come back to the AFL here in Melbourne we uh, will crave that next year and, and and you can feel it pulsating through the TV screen back in Melbourne what's happening in New York. So we're about to turn the page into the second week. We've still got one section of the draw to play their fourth round matches. Quarterfinals decided on the other side. Try and break it down as to how you see this next seven days unfolding. I mean, the storyline is going to be Novak trying to win the calendar slam. Is anyone capable of stopping that? And the women's well, we, we always say it's wide open and, and, then there's, and there's a handful of players that can genuinely win this title, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I think the intangible is clearly how Novak handles the final stretch here, isn't it? Nobody has been in this situation. Serena Williams, probably the closest. Moritoglu said that this week. She might have empathy for how he feels. But nobody can really get in his mind because the first couple of rounds he was shaky. You know, he was didn't look to be anywhere near his best level. Now, obviously, he wants to doesn't want to be his best level in the first couple of rounds. But against Nishikori, you did sense that as the match went on, he was really starting to find his feet. The ground strokes looked really solid. He looked to be much more secure. Um, certainly in that third and fourth set, played really well, served beautifully, especially in the fourth set. So that was the good news for him. Obviously, he plays Jensen Brooksby uh, tomorrow on paper, a relatively straightforward match. But Jensen's had a great season. Got to think he should find a way through Brooksby pretty comfortably. But as things go on, Daniel Medvedev has looked absolutely imperious. I have to say, Dan Evans played a good match today. You know, he played about as well as he could have done. And he's a guy who can throw something different at Medvedev. And yet Medvedev served beautifully, returned well. He was able to deal with the slice. Um, I thought Medvedev was outstanding today. Uh, he's, a, for me, a warm favourite to come through his section. And Zverev, obviously, for me, looking good to, to maybe meet Djokovic in the semis. Well, I was going to ask you about Zverev. So you would you would think he probably gets past Sinner, but you know, Sinner's shown some enormous talent in his young career. The one that I think is dangerous, do you, do you think an Opelka right here and now, Nick, is capable on a big stage on home soil of maybe knocking off a guy like Zverev? I mean, hard for him to fly under the radar being as big as he is, but he is sort of doing that with his tennis. And I love listening to him being interviewed, uh, Opelka. I think there's a, real, there's a real tennis brain there and everyone just associates big serve, that's it. Do you think it's a chance in the second week that he can, he can step up? There's a chance, definitely. I think he's got, I think of all the big guys, you know, 
I feel like it's almost unfair to compare Riley with Isner, but their height will always be the natural comparison, won't it? Riley, for me, has got a better backhand than John. I think he returns better than John. So you look at John's top career, he was top 10 player. So for me, we were talking about this today with some Americans who know, the, know a lot of the Americans well, and they were sort of feeling like Riley could be, you know, he could supersede, exceed what John has achieved. Could he beat Zverev? Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's possible. I, I think he can certainly off the ground. He moves, he, the way he moves, the way he strikes the ball off the ground, he can live with Zverev. Again, major experience comes into play, doesn't it? Again, Zverev's had a couple of years of being deep in the second week of majors, came very close here last year. Confidence at an all-time high for Zverev right now, I think, uh, as well. So I'd have to say, I think right now, Zverev's a better player than Apelka. Simple as that. Over five sets in a major, I think he's got more game. Uh, I think he still returns better. Um, But yeah, I I do like the way Apelka's trending, that's for sure. And just one on, on the women's side. Now that Barty's out, Osaka is out. And for, for a long time, when I'm asked to preview the women's draw, dissect it, who can win, who, who are the contenders? I mean, we're, we've always sort of had, you know, Pliskova, she's in the conversation. Svitolina's in the conversation. They've been the two that have been inside that top five, top ten for quite a period now who haven't been able to get their hands on a major. Pliskova, a couple of Grand Slam finals. Svitolina's been to the semis on... Now, I think three or four occasions. Is it maybe their time to shine this week with what is left in the draw? Because you sort of feel like both deserve to win one major in their career, considering their consistency in and around the top end of women's tennis. They just haven't quite been able to get there or had the, had the tools to you know, get to a final and actually win one. I firmly hear you. I, for me, I think I've been more in Svitolina's camp. I think these courts are great for her. You look at Svitolina's record. She's always played well in Asia where the courts are quick, Brett. We've said it so many times this week. Low bouncing, fast courts, give her a bit of pace. She can work with the pace. She gets more out of a serve. Good win today. Very confidence boosting win. I think the, the medal she picked up at the Olympics, again, you'd have to ask her, but just get the feeling being around the, uh, this week and, and having seen her, the, the medal she won at the Olympics was su- such a pride of place in her career. It's, 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 it's the pinnacle of it. And I wonder if it's just going to relax her a little bit to actually just be a bit freer here. Good win over Halep today. Halep's not 100% fit, I don't think. You know, she hasn't had as many matches as she would like. But for me, of the two players you mentioned, I think these courts and these conditions, and the, I feel where they're at in their respective careers, I think Svitolina's got more of a chance than, than Pliskova. I think she has a more all-round game. Uh, and I feel like she's she's in a good place in her career. She's newly married. She's probably happy off the court. Uh, and that medal, as I say, I think has, has put her in a really good spot. No doubt. And Nick, as I let you go, I don't know how long you intend to keep commentating tennis in your commentary life. But, you know, we've been blessed the last 15 years. Serena, Roger, Rafa, Novak. That's going to come to an end at some stage. But, gee, the future looks pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? What Carlos Alcaraz has done this week uh, to keep going the way he has for an 18-year-old. Obviously, as you say, we've got Sitsipas. Felix Auger-Ali, I seen tonight, I thought was brilliant. The way he coped with the occasion, Brett, it was like a zoo in there tonight. You know, the way Francis TFO was was whipping him up in there. You know, it'd be lovely to see Francis pick up where he left off tonight because he's great for the game, isn't he? He's he's very much in the Montfils mold, I feel. He's an entertainer. But if he can be a winner as well... He's going to be a rock star, that guy. But I thought Felix dealt with it so well tonight. You know, I've been impressed with him. He didn't play well in Canada, didn't play well at the Olympics. It's been a bit up and down. Um, I didn't actually expect him to, to have as, run, as good a run as he has this week. But boy, has he served well. He's second in aces this week now. I think only Apelka is above him in terms of aces served. I thought that got him through that, that fourth set. The third set tonight of Felix and TFO is definitely worth re-watching for any people that are listening and you want to get a look. That was some tennis. It really was. So you're right. It's in, it's in a good place. This week's been a great showcase for, for these players. And uh, and what about Emma Raducanu tomorrow as well? The, my, my fellow countrywoman, you know, 18 years of age. Uh, definitely a word on her because she's a very hot prospect too. Uh, she certainly is. Uh, very, very exciting. Nick Lester, of course, esteemed a tennis commentator traveling the globe. And you can catch uh, Nick and I each day through our socials, whether you follow the first serve on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, and you'll get those chats on a daily basis. On the ticks, uh, the great Paul Lake, and uh, good evening to you, PA. 
Uh, yes, I'm on Medvedev. Crush my man, Evo. You do love Dan Evans and his slice backhand. Loved Elkaraz, the drop shot forehand and his composure. That's the mentality That's the above the shoulders. Really impressive. Well, for an 18-year-old, I mean, you can have a big game and we, we know he's a physical beast, but the composure, it's exactly right. That, we, yeah. Yeah. Said. That's it. I mean, well, I, don't know, I don't know what else to say about him because, I mean, he, he's surprising us all. Mm. For a guy of that age to yeah. handle the occasion like this, I mean, you know, it, it is truly phenomenal. Very impressive. Felix and Carlos in the next round. It is going to be some sort of match. ST Tennis Courts. Check out aste.com.au. Melbourne's leading tennis court provider and working with all the councils right around Melbourne. Get on to the team at aste.com.au. Back with our Aussie report card next on the first serve. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Fred Phillips, Sam Groth, tonight we're discussing week one of the US Open. You can discuss anything you like, uh, tennis-related, 1-300-736-736 or on the text Keep those coming through, 0433981116. Our Aussie report card, Grothy, uh, 12. We started within singles, and we've got none left. Yeah, it but- was disappointing. First week for the Aussies in New York. Re- really, from a singles point of view, hasn't it been? I mean, yep. yeah, I think it's been disappointing. Let's uh, let's start at the top. Yes. You can weigh in here, and I'll uh, I'll come back where I'm, uh, where I'm needed. <laughs> Ash Barty, third round. We wake up yesterday, settle in. We could have a bit of a sleep in Sunday morning. Gets uh, first up in the night session. Has never lost to Shelby Rogers before. Has never really looked like losing to Shelby no. in those previous meetings. And it was a bit of a, a car crash for the first 15 minutes. Yeah, it was. And did well to turn around in the second set. But third set was almost the same, wasn't it? 5-2, 5-4. You serve for it twice. You just don't expect... And look, Shelby's a great ball striker and a great person. I like Shelby a lot. We had her on the first serve yeah. earlier this year at the Adelaide International. Great chat. Yeah, she's Authentic. awesome. But, yep. you know, for Ash to go down in that match, 7-6 in the third, it's, you know, it's a disappointing US Open because she'd come in in such great form after Cincinnati. I, I think it'll be one that she really feels like she let get away. Okay, so I've done a, a ton of uh, radio today, asked yeah. about Ash, and, and whether I was talking to... Our shows here in Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, there's that sigh of, what happened? You know, yeah. this, this can't happen. I mean, she's the world number one, hot favourite to win the US Open. So you, you tell me in your own eyes how you view her because sports people are going to have days where they don't execute. I mean, the theme I've gone with, Grothy, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like if she controls her side of the net with her strengths, she's extremely tough to beat. But if she's a bit off, then she's susceptible and vulnerable like anyone. So we can't expect her to be executing every time she steps out. No, and she doesn't necessarily take matches away from opponents. You know, she'll use the slice and the forehand's a weapon, and she serves well, incredibly well for her height. But someone like Rogers, for example, is a great ball striker and at times can take matches out of your hands. And yep. I think Ash at times just lacks a little bit of that and, and almost relies on the occasional error and, and using her finesse and feel. And she doesn't necessarily, she can beat opponents easily, but doesn't necessarily dominate them. And I think mm. that's what's missing a little bit. So the question is why? What, what, well, you, you've, got love the, you you've, got, the you've got the tools that you've got as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's not all of a sudden going to grow four inches and, and develop a huge power game to then take, she take can. matches that away. Forehand, though. She can. She yes, can be but, devastating with that but, forehand. But, yeah, she can for sure. But she doesn't really have that off the back end wing and she serves well right. at times, but mm. she doesn't, for example, have the forehand or the ball striking ability of an Osaka, for example, who yep. can really just rip a match out from underneath you. Even Andrescu, you talk about someone who's winning at the moment. Mm. She can rip a match out from under you. I think the the players and Ashes, I said last week on this show, rightfully the world number one, the most consistent player on the WTA tour. Everyone's yep. looking up, but it's a little bit of that. It's the most consistent player on the WTA yeah. tour and that's where her strengths lie. Uh, Clint has given us a call uh, from Ballarat on that very topic of uh, Ash Barty. Uh, Clint, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, welcome. Thanks, gentlemen. Enjoy listening. Both you, both you gentlemen, need a pat on the back for the way you present a good, entertaining show. Thank you very much, uh, I Clint. Wanted to check, I wanted to just quickly check, uh, who does Ash Barty bury for in the AFL again? <laughs> Richmond. 
Oh, the mighty Tigers. What a great <laughs> idea to put her in, in the in the idea. The one thing she did wrong, or in my opinion, she did right, she had half a beer and she spilled a little bit when we kicked the goal live on air. So that was... <laughs> I had a feeling it was going in that direction. <laughs> Thank you very much to you, uh, Clint, I think it was, yeah. up there in Ballarat. Dave in uh, Melton. Hey, straighten us up here, Dave. Welcome to the show. G'day, mate. How you going, BP? We're going well. Good to have you on. Yeah, yeah, I was just wondering, as men's doubles tennis lost a bit of its prestige, like since the Woodies we really haven't had anyone there, like some of these young blokes, why haven't they taken it seriously and teamed up? Like it's just as rewarding as singles. Yeah, I, oh, I, I think at the moment the way, especially on the men's side of things, when you're playing best of five sets at slams and the physicality of it, it's certainly hard to back up. If you're serious about making a deep run mm. at a grand slam, um, it's hard to play both. Um, and it just doesn't really get the airtime that you see in terms of, of coverage. And I know with a lot of the doubles players are, are fighting for, for more TV rights and, yeah. and certain Sounds courts at certain times. Um, I would but, love it to certainly quarterfinals onwards, maybe semis and finals change the order growth. I'd love to see that. That's why I love the tour finals. When I went there back a few years ago and that's the best eight, and they come out, and there's 10,000 already in the stands yeah. here. It fills to 17,000 for the singles, but 10,000 there, and it's the, the entree, if you like. And that's the tour, though, trying to do right by its player members. Mm. But the slams, you've got to think, they're, they're all independently run, and they care yeah. about exactly what we've spoken about, the broadcast rights and players and who's going to draw that TV audience. And you know, unless you have those big-name players there, again, your you're, you're casual tennis fan loves watching... Doubles, oh, sorry, your, your actual tennis fan loves watching doubles and they'll know who yep. these doubles players are. Yeah, I'd, I'd just like to but, see one of the slams. And, and look, the Australian Open has always been at the forefront of trying to do things a little differently and being innovative. Can we somehow spice up the doubles to become a bit of a draw card act come it's finals day? It's, yeah, I think that's where it can be scheduled better, for sure. Okay. I, I think on a day on on Rod Laver Arena when you've got three mm. singles matches, do you want a doubles thrown out there that then stuffs up your 7 o'clock night session? Probably not. But on a day like that, yes. Bit to think through. So Johnny Pierce still alive in the doubles this week with Palasic, uh Purcell and Ebden are yep. still alive. And, Storm. And uh, Storm Sanders is still alive, absolutely. Uh, Sam Stozer coming up. Uh, tomorrow. So there's a few combinations still running around the doubles this week for Australia. All right, let's uh, whip through these, Grothy. Tom, uh, Tom Yanovich. Yeah, good tournament. I mean, third round, Pliskovic is probably not going to be, but I, I think that's a good step forward. Um, Sam Stozer obviously probably didn't have great expectations, goes down in the first round. Storm Sanders, for me, disappointing against Doy. I thought that was an opportunity. And then Sharma against Kretschkova, she was always going to be mm. a huge underdog, did mm. well to get through qualies. Um, but, you know, probably when you look through, there were some opportunities for the Aussies there, but a little disappointing on as a whole. Uh, the men? Yeah, not great. So let's start with Alex Dimitri, yeah. number one. Taylor Fritz. I said this was going to be tough as well because two guys who'd been struggling a little bit lately, and, and Fritz in America was always going to be tough. But, you know, I think for Demon, really just needs to go back and hit the reset button and sort of work out what's going on at the moment because it's been really inconsistent. Do you think – now, he and Adolfo have been together for uh, since he started playing tennis. Yep. Do you think he needs to inject someone else as part of that camp going forward? Maybe, maybe another voice or another way to look at the game going forward. Um. I think they have a great relationship. No I, doubt. I, I think, you know, I, I think those relationships are important because it is hard out there. Um, I think Alex has got to be open to trying a couple of different things as well. I mean, whether it's racket, whether it's trying to find a little bit of something on that forehand side. Um, but it, it will take some time away from the game almost for him to make some adjustments. He's made a huge jump up. He was seated 14. He's ranked mm. 17. Yeah. Um, but I think to take that next step, there has to be a couple of things added. But we know he's a hard worker, but it's yep. a disappointing tournament. Millman? Uh, he's got to get his body right. But 6-6 yep. mine against Luxon, and I'm here be disappointed with that. Tomo had a real opportunity. Yeah, he did. Two sets up against Karatsev. You've got to wonder whether going five sets in that opening round didn't just take a little bit of the edge off him too. And then you lose a, the fourth set tiebreak, 11-9. Um, it certainly hurts and, and feels like a, a big opportunity missed. So I love a lot of the attributes he brings. Yeah. But if you have not got a massive big weapon, yeah, it's just, just to put the icing on the cake, because if you grind and grind and grind, it's hard. long points. And especially if you play someone like a Kratzer who who will just be prepared to grind and grind and grind and with you. I mean, just to have something there that you can just sort of yeah. put the foot on the gas. Ducks, 
goes down in five sets against Martinez. That was a real winnable match. match That's the worst part about yeah, it. That's, uh, that hurts. That, that one. That will sting hurt. for a little while. Yeah, that'll yeah. hurt for a little while for sure. Um, Popper in good tournament. I mean, wins two matches, gets through Dimitrov. Um, but again, two sets up, you lose seven six in the fifth. Again, I think just lacking that little bit of like we spoke about earlier in the show, mm. just just that little bit of consistency within his game and that knowledge about what he needs to do. Um, Kyrgios, I mean, it was awful. Can we come back to that? Sure, let's come back let's to that Let's do a one. little part on that after the break. <laughs> okay, sure. Max Purcell um, took a set off Sinner. Yeah, I mean, I think for Max, it, it was a it was a decent match. I, I think it's been a really good summer, though. I think he's made some really good gains. And obviously, he's still in the doubles. But I hope he just puts a little bit more emphasis full-time into the singles now. He's got his doubles to a point where he can, he can use that as a way when he's at these big events yeah. to, to keep the bank account ticking over. Yep. But really make a big push now um, on that single side of things because he's got some opportunity. No doubt. Quick one on the text. Come on, guys. Can we address the elephant in the room? The losses to Sophia Kennan, AO 2020, Mukova this year at the AO. Now this debacle from a double breakup serving 5-2. These are all epic capitulations. Can Ash get these out of her game? Uh, I hope so. I mean, she's still she's still fairly young in the scheme of things. And I, I think what you've got to realise is we haven't had in recent years, the, the dominant force in women's tennis. We get so used to, mm. on the men's side, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic never losing these sort of matches. Yep. And other than Serena, it has happened a lot on the women's side of things because they don't necessarily possess the same weapons and physicality that the men can. It's it's not saying they're not as good of players, but it, it's different the way the women's game is played. And I think sometimes that's just the way it goes on the WTA no side. Doubt. Troy in WA, just before we do squeeze in a break. Uh, Troy, great to have you on. And you're always listening to SCN, of course. Uh, 95% of the time. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Yeah, we're going well. What do you got for us? Yeah. And the other bloke, Grothy, isn't it? Hey, Groth. Sam Groth, the, Groth, one of the greats. Yep. <laughs> yeah. How you going, Sam? Good, thank you. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's all good, mate. I'm not going to pound you enough. No, <laughs> mate, I'm not worried. Hey, but I'll be quick. I won't worry about my first question. But my question to you, boys, is um, we know with football and cricket like yep. daytime to nighttime, I... Personally, I think the skill level goes down. Not by much, but it does. Is it the same with tennis? I realise some of it at night time is played indoors, but sometimes the roof is open. Is is there a difference like you know, in the conditions, boys, between day and night? Good on yeah. you, Troy. Certainly, certainly in New York it is. I mean, the, at night it definitely plays a little slower. It's a little bit cooler. It's quite brutal during the day in New York, and that's why as we get later in the tournament... Close. The showcase matches are at night, and sometimes it's mm. a it's a real discussion during these tournaments that certain players have an advantage because they don't cop the physical beating that you get during the day by playing night regularly. Yeah, Nash, uh, the sweat bowl, not much yeah. air coming in. No, Armstrong, no, none. <laughs> Lucky to still be standing. <laughs> yeah, that rain was unbelievable in New York last week. Quick break, Damien. We'll get to you next. Nick Kyrgios. We'll discuss a few other topics. Uh, bathroom breaks coming up on the first serve. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With V-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a V-Solar advisor. Visit V.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management. And glgcorp.com, the first serve, your home of tennis. US Open edition, Brett Phillips and Sam Groth. Great to have your company on this uh, Monday night. We'll be up bleary-eyed again uh, tomorrow for the resumption well, the continuation of the fourth round. Uh, Damien is in Frankston North. You, you've given us a call tonight. Damien, welcome. G'day, boys. How are we? Hope you're doing well in lockdown. Good. Yep. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. Wanted... Surviving. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, wanted to talk to you boys about Simona Halep. Um, obviously, she went down this morning, but wanted to get your thoughts on her campaign so far in the US Open. Obviously, she went out this morning, but what are your thoughts, boys? I, I think that, for me, BP... Her, her prep was, she was very underdone. Yeah. I mean, the way you, she, she comes in and, and the style of game that she has to play, it has to be that physical defending style. And she needs to have played a lot of tennis and she needs to have physically be almost 100% every time she walks on the court. And there was no way coming into this US Open that she was 100% still. No, uh, not at all. And look, she's getting a, another year older. So yeah, it gets harder. The young girls are coming. Yeah. And she doesn't, again, we, we go back to... Have your window. And when we go back to being a dominant force, mm. you know, for her, her biggest strength is her footwork and her movement and that defensive style. Yep. 
as she gets older, that gets harder. She's not all of a sudden going to be able to transition into a player that can take matches away from opponents. So it's only going to get harder for Simona. No doubt. Uh, thank you, Damien. Appreciate it. Let's address uh, Nick Kyrgios. So goes out to Bautista Ragu, first round. And I'm sure, I'm sure we can get the, the calls lining up here because the performance, I mean, you're going to go into it, but... Go I mean, on. I think this one... was yours to start. No, no, no. I think, you know, and, and you know I've been a big defender of Nick and um, being an entertainer and what he does on the tennis court and what he brings to this sport because I, I spoke about it again tonight. This is an entertainment product, but what Nick brought at the US Open was not entertaining. It went away from, from all of that. And, and for me, you know, I still think he'll pack stands. I, I think just think this performance against Bautista Good, who's a guy that doesn't do anything wrong. He's going to give you nothing. It, it was it was pretty disappointing. Well, quite frankly, <laughs> I've had enough. Okay. I've absolutely had enough. I mean, I have been on this roller coaster ride, Grothy, and I appreciate we're going to see it probably from just different lenses, and I want every Australian tennis player to do well. That's why I'm invested. This is why I do this seven days a week. We created the first serve. We want to see the Aussies rise from the from the futures to the challenges. And those who have got potential and ability fulfil that. So what is wrong with being an entertainer and a professional at the same time? So Francis Tiafo is an entertainer, but he's now getting a harder edge. Okay, so Ferreira's come in. He must be pushing some button there to say, come on, cut out this erratic stuff, better shot selection. You can still entertain. I don't, I don't want to take out that natural part of your personality, but... Get down and grind and just get but it you, done. You've got to want to do that. There's got to be something right. inside. There's got to be something that inside you that wants to get gritty. And I don't know whether Nick wants to get gritty. No. Well, if you don't want to coach, you're not prepared to really invest in yourself. But it's it's now become predictably boring. It's not entertaining. You know. So was Wimbledon predictably boring for you with what he produced at Wimbledon? Yes, because I you know what's going to unfold. You know that it's only going to last, even if he wins one match, you know the next match likely is to go pear-shaped. Physically, because he hasn't done the work. Or mentally, because he can't engage himself on just playing a tennis match. What on earth is he doing, Sam, the other night, worrying about towels, berating his box for wearing a mask? This carry-on. It was that embarrassing on primetime television. I've had enough. Why should I invest any more of myself? I mean, we had people writing in to us, when we did a survey of first serve listeners back uh, 12 months ago, who would you like to see on the program? Vast majority said Nick Kyrgios. Not at the point now. I have no interest in speaking to Nick <laughs> Kyrgios. No, but I think we've had enough. Why did we draw the short straw with Kyrgios and Tomic? <laughs> no, fair. <laughs> but, but you could, you could, yeah. Look, I'm not defending the, the, the match the other day. I just think there's still people that are going to show up to watch him. There's people that... I think he would have disappointed people that sit in the corner where I probably sit in terms of people want to go watch him and, and he has something to offer. I think I, I, I agree the other day was disappointing. It was a disappointing performance. And I would hope that at some point he would look back at New York and actually take a proper look at it. But, but you're right. He doesn't have a Ferrero. He doesn't have a one Carlos Ferrero in his box. That's that, that is going to pull him up on it. So 95 in the world now. He's going to dip outside the top 100. Where does he go, Sam, from here? If he's not fully invested in the sport, I mean, some easy cash to make around the globe. And yeah, no, that's I. I don't know what he does. I mean, he's still going to make. He's still going to get wild cards. I can't see him go back and playing challenges. I mean, (laughs) but give us all the spell. Yeah. Now, you know what? His mum follows us on social media. She comments from time to time. I would love to have a conversation. I mean, he comes from a very different family background to what Bernard Tomic came from. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily like putting him in the same because they're very different in very their behaviours. Very different, but two that have just given us more grief than anything else, to be honest. If I, I've got to call it a spade a spade. We, I know we might see it a little bit differently, but we cover the sport globally. This is a global sport. And I'm looking at guys who can entertain, who are great for tennis, but they get the absolute best out of themselves and they love it. What, what on earth is Nick doing? I don't, I don't, I don't get but it, I Sam. Think the, only, the only thing I would say is, and this is not necessarily trying to defend, but he's not playing for us. No, I know that. He's ranking, he, yeah. he had every right to be in New York because his ranking dictated yeah. that he was in the tournament. So 
I, that, that's the only thing I would say. If he was being given wild cards and entry in ahead of people mm. based on him being Nick Kyrgios and entertaining, and he put that in, but at the moment he's not. So he's still there on his own merit. Yeah, great question when you ask, well, what does he do when he slips outside the top 100? Then, then that's a real question to ask. Because then if he needs invites into events and does this. It's, it's, it's just the same old stuff. It's it's like it's just continuous real. So you know that he's going to be within the maybe, space of ten maybe, minutes. Maybe you just need to lower your expectations. No, I have, but I have not. So what, okay, I used to get really emotional about <laughs> you it. You sound really emotional. <laughs> and then I just divorced myself from it. But I nearly jumped through the TV set the other night. I said, "Please, Nick, just play play a tennis match. Yeah. You're very good at it. You got one of the best serves in the history of the game. You can do anything. You've got more talent on your little pinky than Duckworth Thompson." Demon or whoever else I've left out there put together. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to do it for me. I know that. Well, he doesn't have to do it for anyone else apart from himself. But I just wonder what on earth is – why is he even playing? I have no idea why he's playing. Take a spell for your own good, mate. Go and do something you really enjoy. He took a spell, though. He had a big break. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, no, I know. All said and done. Um, I love the passion. Well, I'm over it. I'm absolutely over it's it. It's more passion than he shows I'm sick of being asked <laughs> questions about Kyrgios. It's the first question I get asked. You know, I think on your social media, media you, can, you can block um, certain words. Maybe you just need to block Kyrgios, just the word. And if Nick, if this ever gets back to Nick, Nick, just know that I actually want you to do well. I want you to be a, a great player and be the best version of yourself. But, mate, you're carrying us on your ride with you, and it's a really frustrating ride to go on because it's repeat offender. Last week in AFL, we talked about Toby Green, repeat offender. I can't stand repeat offenders, Grothy. We all make mistakes in life. We all try and learn and be a little better. This is never going to change. It's just horrendous. I'm over it. Okay, we've got one more break to get in, and then we're going to come back, and you need to, you need to tell me what we're going to do with these damn bathroom breaks. Because you played the game, you've sweated it up, you've burnt the coal face, and you'll tell me that next on the first serve. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With V-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a V-Solar advisor. Visit v.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the first serve, our last seg. It's gone pretty quick the last hour and a half. Okay. I'll get to a couple of texts in a moment, but Grothy, I need to spend a few moments here because I've gone back and forth with a lot of people over the last week about these uh, bathroom breaks, so the, the non-medical timeouts. Sitsi Pass has been hauled over the coals. Krachikova takes eight minutes off court today, but Stefanos has been in the firing line of everyone. You've played the game. You understand it. You've been in the physical battle there at the coalface. What is the suitable time to step off court? And this is just going to flare up and flare up until the ATP puts something and the WTA puts something in place. Yeah, I mean, what's an acceptable time to go to the bathroom? I mean, we can all try to answer that. I don't think it's a great look. The, what's going on right now, it hasn't been a great look for a long time. Something definitely needs to be done. I just think it's a tricky one. How do you address it? Obviously, medical timeouts have their three minutes. If someone's taking a break and they go past five minutes, maybe then they start getting, you know, the, the, every time the 20 seconds ticks over, you start losing a point like you would if you're not ready to play. And and I'm sure if you put a time frame on it, then people will get back in the time. Okay, so what, what's the suitable time, do you think, is? Like, how can I give you a suitable time to go to the toilet? No, we've got to come up with a solution here. We're going to ride into the ATP and the WTA. I mean, why haven't they actually got on top of this? We'll make it three minutes. Make it exactly like a medical timeout. You walk to the bathroom, your three-minute starts. Or should you be allowed in a five-set match one break where no. you can just, you know, you've been uh, through the ringer physically, you have just one break no. you're allowed no. for X amount of minutes, no. no? Okay. No. Three minutes, that's pretty quick. Well, you've got time. You can walk there. It's mm. like your assessment period. You walk there, you know, you work out how much you've got to go. All right. Steady yourself for a quick one. So if you need the Get full wardrobe change... You can duck in three minutes, but... Yeah, but this you shouldn't need it. You can change on court. I mean, a bit tougher for females because, obviously, you can't just whip your shirt off, for example, like a bloke can. Mm. So maybe... I'm sure they can work out a time frame, but if the players were given a time frame, let's say it's five minutes, 
they'd be back at five minutes. If you said at five minutes 25, you lose a point. At five minutes 50, you lose a point. Yep. They would get back for five minutes. Well, they've adapted to a, a serve clock. Yeah. They've adapted to no ball boys bringing they would, towers. They would, they would make it back, mate. Except don't worry Nick. about it. They would make it back. Don't worry. Exactly. Well, players pivot, adapt yeah. in any sport, don't they? Yeah. To rules that Five minutes to four change. minutes in the warm-up. Like, they would make it. I sort of thought five is uh, around the mark. So... The question is, why haven't? Why, why don't you think they've actually put something in place? Because it probably hasn't risen up like it has at this tournament. It's been spoken about in bits and pieces, but I think the way it's been portrayed in New York right now, it needs to be fixed. Okay, uh, special shout-out for Rinky Hijikata. He's on his third ITF. I think this kid has got something in him. It's a long, long way. It's a long road, so we're not pumping him up to say he's destined for stardom, but I like what he's doing on the ITF circuit. I watched O'Connell's final. He got injured, unfortunately, in a beautiful part of the world, St. Tropez yeah. there in the south of France. It was pretty good, and he and Kokonakis had a almighty battle, I think it was in semis. the semis. So, well done. Dylan Alcott. Uh, congratulations to Dylan. Now, can he put the icing on the cake at the US Open after his Tokyo triumph? Well, I think so. I mean, he's got to be the red-hot favourite. Just if he... Uh, the pressure got to him a little bit last time, the nerves, but he's in the same situation again as a, as a couple of years ago. A uh, couple on the text to finish, uh, Grothy. Boys, my solution to these ridiculous breaks is that you should get one uh, medical timeout... Uh, a freshman break per match, capped at five minutes. If you can't continue after your five-minute break or require another one later in the match, it's an instant retirement and match concession. It would clean this rubbish up in one fell swoop. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about the medical timeout because if a guy goes and rolls his ankle or, or has a legitimate injury, um, but I definitely think the bathroom break one needs to be addressed. Uh, tennis is only a vehicle for the rest of Nick's life. Uh, pretty obvious from youngie. Somebody needs to tell Kyrgios Grand Slams aren't meant to be uh, treated like exhibitions. Clearly, he won't commit because he doesn't want to deal with it if he loses. There's plenty on Nick Kyrgios, uh, some agreeing, some uh, disagreeing. And it'll continue to be uh, a debate, no well, doubt. Well, that's, that's what he does. He divides opinion and he's doing so once again. BP, it's been a pleasure. Pick me a winner on both sides. Uh, Novak and I'm going to go Sabalenka. Sabalenka. I, I do love her tennis. I just wanted to calm down occasionally and just hit that more percentage uh, ball. But there's a lot to like about it. She's uh, you? You're gonna give mad. Me a pick? I am... Yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Medvedev to spoil the calendar attempt, and I am going Pliskova finally to stand up at a slam. Follow us on the socials at thefirstserve.com.au this week. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free, and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash zero one zero zero five.